What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, January 23rd, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the host of the Kind of Funny Last of Us HBO screencast at Tim Gettys. You can watch it right now. It's live, Greg. Don't ruin housekeeping, all right? Uh, There's only so many bullet points we got in housekeeping. Oh, yeah? You got to keep them fresh. Okay. Don't ruin it all for us. How are you, Tim? Oh, I'm fantastic. How good does it feel to be warmed up? We should do a show at 9 a.m. every day. Every day. Get out here and we're all set to go. Now we're ready to go. This is going to be a good one. Barrett, let me tell you, if you had to work a real job, it would break you in three fucking days, all right? Three days. Three three fucking days, Barrett. Like, like, take Barrett, and he's like a wishbone of a turkey, all right? And then you take one of those pieces, you break it You put this kid at a Chase Bank and ask him to accept quarters? He's fucked. It's over, all right? He crumbled. He hasn't seen a quarter in his life. (laughs) I found a quarter on the floor yesterday clean. I was like, what the fuck? Why Why is this here? Come on. Wow, the big man, uh, Rich. Yeah, you can't even say it. Go back to your bank. Go back to your (laughs) bank. Go back to the bank. (laughs) Go back to the bank, Barrett. Put on a polo. Oh, my God. There's an energy. See, there's not. If you're not, not, if we, mm -hmm. we warmed up. We yep. warmed up with that uh, awesome Last of Us one you can get on YouTube.com slash kind of funny right now mm-hmm. or screencast podcast services around the globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait for the housekeeping. That was uh, you I know. two I minutes know. ago. Yeah, I fucking got fun. you, you fucking nerd. I'm going to the bank. <laughs> I'm going to work nerd. at Cap- no, Capital One isn't a bank. Is bank-, bank of America still kicking, right? Capital One. It's a credit card. What's mm, your wallet? What is but it? I don't, I, don't think, I, don't think it's, I don't think there's Capital One banks you can go to. What about know. a credit union? Anybody using that? Someone is. My parents had a credit union. That's where they credit unions. The worst see you. Get out of here. Second to worst. You know what I'm talking Commies. about? <laughs> did you play anything this weekend? Did you play any games? That you I, talk I about? did. It's no, review I, season. Yeah, it is review season. Let's put it that way. Okay. You know what I mean? We'll leave it at that. We'll you know leave what it I mean? at that. Well, we have lots of news to talk about. Uh-huh. So we don't need to even kill time, ladies and gentlemen. Instead, I'll tell you that this is kind of funny games daily. And today we're talking about the fact that Marvel's Avengers is dead. I'm so sorry, Greg. Forspoken reviews are out, and that game probably should be dead as well. I'm so and sorry. And more. Greg. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show for free on kindoffunny.com slash KFGD with your questions, comments, concerns about the show, and all the day's news. Of course, you can get the show as we record it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. On YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, and of course, listening on podcast services around the globe. Now, if you wanted to go that extra mile, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny. You, of course, could get this show over there, but guess what? It would be ad free. You would get a bevy of bonuses for the other shows. You'd be able to watch all the other podcasts live as we record them. They'd be ad free as well. And of course, you'd get dozens of exclusive episodes each and every month, all on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can even get a cool calendar uh, right now. It's got a whole bunch of really creepy fan art on it uh, to run you through for all of 2023 to see what's happening with kind of funny. However, I digress. If you want the ads, youtube.com slash kind of funny. And if you don't want the exclusive episodes, podcast services around the globe. And of course, you already saw it, but use that epic creator code kind of funny when you're buying anything on the Epic Game Store or when you're on your PlayStation playing Fortnite, when you're over playing the Rocket League on the Xbox, when you're playing whatever it is you play on Switch. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny. Epic creator code. Housekeeping for you. 
Our Forspoken review is up right now, and it is a train wreck. You can go check out this episode's uh, uh, this week's episode of PS I Love You XOXO on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and podcast services around the globe. As we have already said several times, but we will again, our episode two review of The Last of Us HBO is up right now. That's on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny and screencast podcast services around the globe. Remember, we are doing those live each and every Monday, 9 a.m. So you watch the show on Sunday on HBO, you come watch and react with us on 9 a.m. Monday. Uh, of course, it's up later um you know, our patreon producer thank you very much delaney twining mm-hmm. today we're brought to you by the kind of funny patreon where we're talking about the one the only kind of feudy but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the roper report time for some news five items on the roper report a bigger's dozen you got The Last of a Show out here making Uncharted references. Mm-hmm. You got Forspoken coming out, getting beaten in the streets. Mm-hmm. However, there is no story bigger, ladies and gentlemen, than the death of Marvel's Avengers. We go to the Crystal Dynamics blog for the Avengers. To our amazing community, after two and a half years in introducing 12 of Earth's mightiest heroes, following update 2.8 on March 31st, 2023, we will no longer add content or features to Marvel's Avenger. This is all official support for the game will end September 30th, 2023. Even after official support ceases on September 30th, 2023, both single and multiplayer gameplay will continue to be available. See below for more information. And it's not great information, I'll tell you right now. Update 2.7, which added the Winter Soldier Hero and Cloning Lab Omega level threat, is the last new content to be added to the game. No news cosme- No new cosmetics are coming to the marketplace, and the final balance updates will occur in update 2.8 in March. Along with the end of development, we'll also be turning off the cosmetics marketplace. When update 2.8 launches on March 31st, 2023, credits will no longer be purchasable, and all remaining credit balances will be converted into in-game resources to aid ongoing adventures. As a show of our appreciation to our community, starting March 31st, 2023, we will make all of the game's marketplace, challenge card, and shipment cosmetic content available for players for free. We know this is disappointing news, as everyone in our community has such a connection to these characters and their stories. We're so, so grateful that you came on this adventure with us. Your excitement for Marvel's Avengers, from your epic photo mode shots, to your threads theorizing on who our next hero would be, to your Twitch streams, has played a large part in bringing this game to life. We hope you continue to play and enjoy Marvel's Avengers. We can't thank you enough for your support and for being part of our super team, Marvel's Avengers development team. Sad to see, man. Yeah. You know, in, in so many different ways, obviously, there were people out there that really enjoyed the game and sure. wanted it to do so much better than it did. Sure. And there's a ton of people out there that really wanted from the beginning for this game to be something completely different. Mm-hmm. And it was what it was, and they committed, and that commitment didn't pay off at the end of the day. And, you know, the amount of years put into this, uh, the, the souring of the Avengers IP, which is wild to think about, I, I feel like... Um, a lot of people saw this coming the more we started hearing about the game pre-launch going into it. But before that, when we just got that initial tease and it's like Crystal Dynamics is working on an Avengers game, we sit that slow pan over the weapons and shield and all broken. that stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh man, this is going to be amazing, right? Yeah. People that made Tomb Raider are making an Avengers game and, you know, flash forward a couple years later and I, I feel like this is not the outcome that anybody wanted. No. Uh, you know, this is not the outcome anybody wanted. I think, uh, you know, there's, I'm trying not to sneeze in the middle of this, sorry. Yes, on Friday when it popped, uh, it was it's right okay, after you can cry, Daily. Right? I'm, you can I'm, cry. I'm getting teared up as the world's biggest Avengers fan, or at least the 
enthusiast press, uh, video game journalism, whatever you want to call all this shit. <laughs> biggest, the uh, loudest, the biggest video game. <laughs> well, I mean, there's plenty of loud people on the subreddit and uh, Twitter, but I, in terms of who you might have listened to, I was definitely probably the biggest Avengers fan. Um, it sat on multiple levels, and I think at the start, you know, I understand obviously how many jokes there were about Avengers its entire cycle on the day of its death on Friday when it got announced. They went to a, they linked you to a web page that was this statement that was five oh five ing. It was a whole bunch of different stuff. So they were just getting the shit kicked out of them. It feels like forever. And what I really would want to say is like thank you uh, for me as a fan to everybody who worked on the game. Uh, I know that it was you know I've been lucky enough to both you know be vocal about it. So I've met a lot of people through the internet. Uh, obviously we did the War for Wakanda launch stream with them. So I met a bunch of people there. So I follow a bunch of the people who are working on the game and had worked on the game. And Friday was a really somber part of my timeline where it was people making jokes at Avengers expense, which again, it's a game that failed as this huge IP. It's a whole, it's a big story that we're going to talk about right now in terms of man, too big to fail, man, Marvel games, man, like chasing a trend, whatever, put all that aside for a second. The other part of my feed was all the developers who either were like, man, this sucks that, you know, it's over. It was other people, you know, I worked on it for two years. It's sad to see it then this way, but what a great time. And it was this like, kind of like you know closing the door on it and them both celebrating and mourning at the same time so i think it is important to call out you know as I, jokes and everything else aside that you know i put well over 150 hours into this game and i am even though it's changed a lot in my career not the, a multiplayer gamer and what i mean by that is it's rare that like i get to go play a game with my friends i make friends in games and i you know we i meet new people like in dc universe online that i, I play with and there are people there but i mean like Avengers was and is the only group chat I have on a game in a text message thread where it is me and Goldfarb and Sean and Tamor. And it's like, we love and Fran, we love playing the game when there was new content for it and there was stuff happening. We were grinding for different things. We were always excited when something happens, when it would pop off with a new character or whatever. And that is special to me because that's just not something I have. I don't have real IRL friends that play other games with me that way. Like it's just never been the way and even division wasn't the same way. You know what I mean? Where this was like a thing. And I was so into this cause I want to be a superhero and I do want to go out there. And I did like uh, grinding the challenge cards and I did like, you know, trying to level up for what we thought was going to be the raid of the cloning lab. That was a whole <laughs> different ball of wax for when it came. But I want to thank everybody who worked on the game, whether you're still at crystal or where you went somewhere else or whatever. I had a great time with it. Um, and you know, I've seen a lot of articles and a lot of, understandable think pieces going around about where this all went wrong and the honest to God's truth. And this is probably the decision for most everything in a business sense where this all went wrong was at the top. So I don't want ever want it to be that the developers who were out there making characters, working on animations, doing things, yada, 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 that they think their time was wasted or that everybody thinks they suck because they don't, they made a really fun game in, in parts. And it was just overall the fact that I think everything got away from them or wasn't, you know, they were provided the resources or the time they needed that really fucked them on this. Yeah. I mean, or, and this is making a lot of assumptions, but it does feel like there were things that they were forced to do that they didn't want in their game. So, I mean, you can dial it back to, you know, where I, I come back to, um, and this is something we talked about with Ubisoft a lot lately with, you know, heaves go on being like, yo, we got to turn this around. Like motherfucker, you're the one who fucked it up. This was obviously chasing a trend. And where I want to start with is the one, the only, Jeff Grubb over on Twitter at twitter.com slash Jeff Grubb. Of course, you know Jeff from Giant Bomb. Uh, He tweeted out today, is Avengers uh, going to scare major publishers away from making some live service games? And he hashtag hashtag Game Mess Mornings, which is a show Jeff does. You should go watch and you should watch and be enjoying. But it was yes or no. No is at 52.8%. Yes is at 47.2%. I think that's already happened. Mm -hmm. I think Avengers is a product of 
Shit, fuck. Destiny's awesome. People love playing Destiny. The Division seems cooler is, you know, depending on where this timeline lines up of what's going on at, at Crystal and Square and Marvel. Man, that's a really cool thing. What if we had a games as a service Marvel game, right? What if we were the, the Avengers? Oh, that sounds great. And you talk about then taking an idea, a nebulous There was video. an idea. That seven for <laughs> that you take this idea and then you put it into pre pro and you get to working on it and you iterate and you delay and things happen and this happen you know you announce and then you don't talk about it for a while and the blah, blah blah and like by the time a game can come out that is chasing a trend in the moment you are rolling the dice if people will do that and how many times how many other destinies have we seen how many other destinies have we seen so few I you know what I mean like that we're talking about like dedicated communities and you look at fucking suicide squad and like what is that about to be and where's going on i mean i think that's that's kind of my uh response to you is suicide squad uh ubisoft star wars like are we seeing people stop this and get scared because it doesn't seem like it were those decisions made before out of the station yeah and but like that's that is i think the unfortunate thing is like i mean uh, like fingers crossed that both those projects end up having learned from this in any which way and being able to turn the tide and like fix and suicide squad's a great example of uh, what 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 scares me about Suicide Squad is it feels so much like pre pre launch Avengers where it is that like it's one to what one. what is it exactly because you showed it and said this but then we saw the screen with the stats and the thing so is it is it is it like is it like uh, Gotham Knights is it Avengers is it this thing I'm just gonna play with one or two other friends or whatever like there's a lot of questions and Rocksteady is an incredibly talented developer guess who else was incredibly talented is incredibly talented Crystal. And I think that's the thing is there are so many one-to-ones when it comes to uh, Suicide Squad, Avengers being two of the, at this point, more popular of the IP of uh, Marvel and DC. Suicide Squad, maybe not, but Harley Quinn, yes. Yeah. And I'm uh, adding the Justice League even as bad guys or whatever in it or villains, what antagonists in it, um, I think is like a huge, huge thing. Like You don't get much bigger than that, right? Yeah. Uh, but these are single-player developers. They What they are renowned for the Arkham games for the Tomb Raider games. Like what we know of them are these single player narrative adventures. So immediately like, Oh, the people that you loved making this type of game, they're actually going to make this type of game. That a lot of people are trepidatious about. There's a, a lot of like, but I don't know big business, these big, the big publishers saw money signs. Yes. They see, Oh, we'd love to keep people engaged playing the same game for six years, four years, yeah. whatever which, years, which again, I've said this a lot uh, with bless on the show recently, but like we should want that. Like we yeah. this we should want these games to work. Like we should want them to be giving us content that we actually want to keep consuming over time because we love the game so much and we want to just keep playing it because they keep giving us stuff that is good and rewarding. Yeah. And there's this cycle that they get funded, we get enjoyment. Like it's just everyone wins. And I'm looking at Star Wars and I feel like it probably has the best chance of success out of these because all of the similarities so far between Suicide Squad and Avengers aren't great. We're looking at that and we're all like, I don't know, you need to like, we're hoping it's good, but you need to really prove something because right now you look like this. Yeah. Whereas, at least with Star Wars, it's based off the people making The Division. We've seen them do it before. Hopefully, we're going to not see that while the trains left the station. It's, oh, they've been well, working on this, the train tracks for a long time. And so that would be one thing to get back to the Avengers lane of the conversation, right? Why? Like, because you're like, this should work. We should want this. We, and I did want this. And a, and a whole bunch of people did as well. The problem with Avengers was, right, that they launched this game and said we would have a new hero every month. It's going to be Kate. It's going to be Clint. And then we're building to Spider-Man next year. You're getting you blah, blah, blah. 
They announced all this shit and then immediately fucked it up. Immediately didn't have the content. Leaked the cloning lab at launch. Fran played it by accident in the middle of the night. And then years, literal years later, they released it as their final thing. Like, if you're making a game of this caliber, and not even caliber, of this genre, that you, we are going to be a games as a service, we want you to come in and we want you to play this for four, five, six years, right? And that's a huge lofty statement. You need to have content in the fucking chamber ready to go. And Avengers didn't have that. That's what fucked them up. That's what sunk them. Because remember when we reviewed Avengers, and I don't mean just we, I mean press, the general consensus was like, oh man, the story's actually good. This was a Kamala Khan story. It was fun. People enjoyed it. It was getting eights, seven fives. It was like, hey, this is great. Endgame, I don't know about. We'll see how they support it. And they didn't support it, and that's what fucked and killed them. And then the hysterical delays and everything being wrong and people talking out their ass, then blah, 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 blah. What I think about with the Star Wars thing is I'm with you. Of again, this isn't taking Crystal, who's known for, hey, we make single-player games and tossing him in this. It isn't taking Rocksteady and who knows if it'll work out and saying, hey, we're doing this thing. It isn't taking WB Montreal, known for single-player games, saying, hey, make a multiplayer, not games as a service, but a multiplayer, you know, Gotham game. Yeah. It is taking, hey, you made the fucking division. You made the division too, which again, I, I I'm not talking out my ass, or I don't think I'm speaking out of turn with the major, the popular opinion. Division two launched, and everybody's like, yo, they did this it. works, yeah. and they have content, and they have plans, and like they saw their numbers go up, right, with their big updates and stuff. And it was it there was a few mea culpas of the well, this didn't work, or we changed this, but it wasn't that's life. It wasn't that this was broken. It was there's a real game here with a real plan. So it's like. If you're going to launch a Star Wars game that's a games as a service that is a multiplayer project that is, hey, here it is, and guess what? Here's what the first year of content, six months, the roadmap, whatever, and you hit your fucking dates, that's a different ball of wax altogether. And that's where Avengers went wrong. And it's sad because it was people at the top. And this is like where it went wrong from launch. People at the top saying, oh, well, we're going to have this here. We're going to have that here. It's going to go this way. It's going to go that way. And then it not happening. And then it not getting there. Yeah. You dial it back further of, yeah, it's it's – uh, Square and uh, uh, Marvel Games wanting to be like, well, w we should have a games as a service. We should do this, and we should attach it to Avengers. And rather than let, you know, I don't know what is so broken with the Arkham model these days. I don't know why people looked at that. and were, I, it, it was during the era of single-player games are dying or dead yeah. or whatever that they're like, well, we can't just make an Avengers single-player game. And like, well, that's what we do. We're Crystal, so... We're kind of going to do that, but we can also give you what you want. We'll try to serve two things, but that's going to weaken both of them and water them down, and that's where we are. So many interesting conversations here uh, with that where we talk about the trends. We talk about how games have shifted over time and how there, at this point there was multiple models of mass monetization when it comes to video games, whether back in the day it was like MMOs. And that yeah. was pretty much it, right? And now it's like, cool, there's MMOs, but then there's also games as a service. There's also battle royales. There's also just games with season passes, like all that stuff. They're oh, different. Protocol. There's, 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 there's like, they're similar from their uh, starting point, but like the way they monetize, the type of gameplay that is used to be monetized is different in all of those those different lanes. Then you look at single player games, and uh, I think the industry has proven now that there is not only an audience for it, there's an audience that will pay, and there are critics that will review them well, and it's like kind of a very rewarding cycle to invest in some of these bigger games that are going to. Um, they know be a, a bigger risk in terms of we're not going to be able to long tail make super amounts of money on this um, with shitty tactics. But instead, hey, we're just going to put a game on. People are going to buy it. Who would have thought it actually works? I do think, though, that like we can't just expect every company to be making God of War Ragnarok. That's just it's sure, not tenable, course, right? That's difficult. Um, but you look at companies like Insomniac and they put out Spider-Man. And then a couple of years later, they put out Miles Morales. That was a smaller title, but it had the quality and it was it 
had what we are all looking for. And I just, I wonder if we're ever going to get to a point that I'm not saying double A. I'm just saying smaller triple A titles, sure. right? Well, I mean, you, you, I mean, like, what is Monolith's Wonder Woman game going to look like? What is the uh, Black Panther slash Captain America game that Amy's working on going to look like? Like, these are the ch- the things of okay, cool. Like, what does that? What what is a smaller triple A? Do you or, think those are going to be smaller? Because I think that those are going to wait for the test. I think Monolith's going to be really big. I think Wonder Woman they're going to go big with. Yeah, yeah. So Captain America, Black Adam, or Black Adam. There's quite <laughs> the crossover. <laughs> the hierarchy of power. <laughs> no. uh, Black Panther. Who knows what it's going to shake out? It's going to be very cinematic, which makes me think smaller in terms of scope. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be an open world game. I think that's going to be more boom, linear narrative. Captain right? America lands somewhere and he's got to get to point A to point B. And so everything's fleshed out and there's, you know, roads you can't go down because they're closed off for war or whatever. Yeah. But I think that's what you got to start see, p- see people experiment with. Yeah. Try to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, you know, bringing up even Callisto Protocol. I know not many people loved that game, but I feel like that is kind of what I'm talking about where it is like these, these smaller single player titles, but even that tried to monetize and like, there's problems there, right? Like even having the season pass, like trying to to um, outsmart the the people, it doesn't feel good. Um, but I do think that 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 level of commitment to single player games is something that I I hope trends again. I hope that we get caught in the trend of that for the next couple of years of um, the top looking at games like Ragnarok and Last of Us and the big Sony titles essentially, yeah. and being like, we should do things like that. Let's chase that trend. I'm going to be excited for that trend. I, and I think, but I think what you're talking about, you're talking about the top. I do think you'll see uh, the publishers be the ones to champion that chase. Where I think it will be a PlayStation, as we already see with what they finance for first party slash second party. What you see with Xbox is they gobble people up to make games that are going to be those kind of okay. You can afford to make a single player game here because I do think like it, the nut you're trying to crack is you know Ubisoft is very public about it right now, right? Of like. We're not making money. We need to figure it out. And I'm sure WB Games is there. I mean, they have who owns WB now? That thing keeps getting shifted around, yeah. right? The eyes are on all these different publishers to make games that make money. And so it is that idea of, you know, to go back to Callisto, right? Of like, I don't think they tried to outsmart it. I think they're, just in the, they're very old school in the way of like, how do we get you to feel like you're getting money's worth slash not sell the game back? You know, and also keep conversations that is a good going, point. blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, for Callisto especially, like, they, you know, uh, Dead Space comes out Friday, right? And that's obviously the remake of the game that Glenn and team made, right? That Callisto is the spiritual successor to because that's where they all are now. It's not, you know, happenstance that they sped up. They they got New Game Plus out last week and they made a deal about it on Twitter because obviously that was supposed to come in February, but they wanted to get it out here to kind of, you know, remind people and be in the same conversation again and yada, yada, yada. Like, it's trying to get back to what you're talking about from an Avengers or games as a service thing of people should want more content from their game. They should want to spend money. They should, it's how you and me talk about snap all the time mm-hmm. where it's like, man, I enjoy Marvel snap so much. So when a new battle pass comes around, you've earned the 10 bucks. Here you go. Right. I think that's what they're still trying to crack for a single player thing sometimes because a publisher. Yeah. is like, well, yeah. how do we sell it? And how do we get you in it? And what do we do with it? Especially as games continue to take longer and longer to develop and then get out. I mean, you know, I, I think another kind of subsection of these single player games is you bring up dead space. It's remakes, right? Like yeah. seeing, cause a lot of games that are being remade weren't these games as a service because they didn't exist back then. Yeah. So even getting things like the Resident Evil remakes that we've gotten, it's interesting to look at Resident Evil 2 come out. Everybody loves it. It's sold super well. 3 comes out and people aren't as hot on it for a, a multitude of reasons. Um, and it did still sell super well sure. uh, for, for Capcom. But it's like those types of titles, like it's tricky to get right. And like if you don't have the perfect secret sauce of making a single player game the right way, 
it's going to be a close to protocol. Like people are just going to be like, no, I don't want this. And then it, you know, we're, we're uh, a fickle folk, us gamers, sure. Greg. I don't know if you heard about it. We have opinions on things. Um, but it, it's, it's tough out there for them. And I, I really do I, feel for the developers out there that are trying, but trying really hard in all the different ways, whether it's games of service, whether it's uh, linear narrative storytelling games. It's like these people making the games want them to be good. And you got to imagine that the people that are paying to make these games be made, they want to get the money. The best way to get the money is put out a product people actually like. So when DICE put out Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the um, monetization was, was atrocious, like everyone's mad about that. <laughs> it's yeah. like not even yeah. the people that are like, oh, this is what we're going to do to make money. When it's not making money, they're like, oh, shit, this is bad. Now who do they point the fingers at? Who do they blame? That's uh, a conversation for another day. It is a complicated arithmetic. Yes. Both the business of making video games and then the business of releasing video games and the success of video games. Because you say, oh, gamers, we have opinions. We're, you know, uh, complicated folk or whatever. It's also the fact that, like, it's not lost on me, the developers, or the publishers that they're asking people to spend $70. Yes. Especially right now in a recession, as mm -hmm. people are worried about their money. Spend $70 on a game. And this is why, obviously, you see so much IP that you already know happening. And because it, it goes back to what you were just mentioning, right? Of, like, everyone wants to make a good game. How many developers have made great games critically acclaimed games that people just won't buy. Yeah. It's a new IP. It's not your type of genre. And this is not knocking a gamer for not picking it up. It's this idea of, fuck, well, what do you do with it? Like, make no uh, mistake about it. Like, The Division did well, but it did not do what Ubisoft wanted. That's why there isn't a Division 3, or it, that they're not immediately talking about a Division 3. They're talking about a Star Wars game. Because mm -hmm. it's back to what I always said with Insomniac, of like, awesome, Insomniac's a talented developer, but if you don't want to play their games or Sunset Overdrive or, you know, blah, 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 you skip it. But it's a Spider-Man game. It's chocolate and peanut butter we're putting together here to, oh, make, yeah. to get you out there and be like, hey, here's an IP you fucking love, and here's a team you fucking love. And it's the re reason God of War you know, a, is a soft reboot, you know what I mean? Why, but why it's still happening out there. It's the reason why everything you keep seeing happen is because people don't want to take a chance on something you're not going to pick up. And so, mm -hmm. again, it's then the publisher working with developers to be like, listen... We want you to take an IP that's established and put it into the genre to make us money and blah, blah, blah. But, like, everything can move so fast. You, you bring up the arithmetic of it all, right? Yeah. And I think that what you're saying right here is, like, it, there's a pretty simple equation where it's, like, cool IP plus talented developer plus style of game they actually make. And I feel like so far we've struggled to have all three of those things. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, cool. We have the talented team. We have the right IP. It's the wrong genre, though. And I, I feel like until we get the, the perfect lineup of all that, like we did with Insomniac Spider-Man, where it's like, oh, they're making that type of game? We already knew it was going to be fantastic. And then it, it was. They delivered on that promise. And then that was a, a game that was, I mean, it wasn't 70, but I guess iterations of it now are. But, like, it sold insanely well. People will pay $70 for a game that that equation adds up perfectly. And, I, and again, like, what... Sucks for Marvel's Avengers, of course, beyond it just being closed and being failing, is I think it is Marvel Games' first at-bats. These things are making gambles on and doing it. And then you look at what they've been doing. We've, and I've had this conversation with you on shows before, mm -hmm. right? Where if you want to, we'll t obviously talk in Snap, Miles Morales, Guardians of the Galaxy, Midnight Suns, right? Firaxis getting teamed up with it. And maybe it's a different thing. And I didn't love certain things, but the people who love Firaxis games love it, right? Then you look at the upcoming lineup of Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, right? Like you can, Iron Man. Exactly. Iron Man, the Captain America Black Panther game we're talking about. Like, it seems like they've worked, hopefully, knock on wood, and they'll be stinkers for sure, but worked out the kinks in terms of like, okay, let's not force this in, or this is what's getting us 
success on mobile. This is what's getting us success on console PC. Let's get people to make those kind of games. Yeah. And again, to go back to Amy, right? And have what people are going to be working on with all that stuff. Like, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what the trends are five years from now. Like what we're talking about as being like the annoying things and what we're seeing less of what we're seeing more of. That's so far away. <laughs> we're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one final thing before we transition to another news story, because of course there are more. Uh, Jack Martin writes in to the one, the only, kind of funny, dot com slash KFGD and says, Hey, KFGD crew, I know the focus around Marvel's Avengers is its failure to deliver a content rich live service experience, and that's entirely deserved. But I want to give a shout out to the game for being one of my favorite podcast games of the past few years. It was genuinely a blast to mindlessly pummel generic robots as Earth's mightiest heroes while listening to some of my favorite shows. It really helped me pass the time during the pandemic, and I even hosted a Marvel's Avengers podcast with a fellow best friend, parentheses, we had a lot of slow news weeks. Despite its many flaws, uh, the game had a solid base that kept me coming back for more, even if I was playing the same content over and over again. GG, Marvel's Avengers. Salute emoji. Well said, Jack. Well Hell said. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, right here while I'm jumping in, let's give you some corrections. All right. First off, uh, oh, say Wallace said, Capital One is a bank you can walk into. Checkings, savings, loans, etc. are available. Great. Uh, then Dan H said, Massive Star Wars game is not confirmed to be a looter shooter type game like Avengers or Division. It's only said to be a narrative open world game currently. Yep. Thank you very much. And then uh, Golden Spider says, you said that Ubisoft's not talking about more Division titles, but Division Heartlands is still an upcoming. You know what I mean. I mean, Massive. I understand right, that there's massive. more Division. I understand there's more Division. Massive itself is talking more about oh. Star Wars than it is about Division. I but I digress. Massive game. No, no, no. I, I digress. You are, I, I, if I made it sound like Division is dead, I did not mean that. There is more. Is the, mo- the mobile game's not out yet. The mobile game's coming. Or maybe I don't think it's out yet. I think they did a beta. But I, you're wrong me on that. I digress. <laughs> Number two, ladies and gentlemen, on the one, the only, kind of funny games daily, is a, the Forspoken Review Roundup. Currently on Metacritic, it has a 68, so close. Uh, an open critic of 69. Nailed it. Uh, Barrett, if you can hear me in there, I know you're working on some other stuff. Can you pull up the TikTok, too? I'd like to go to that after Jordan. Uh, Tom Marks at IGN.com gave it a 6 out of 10 and said, Forspoken is the sort of game you've probably seen before. From its stereotypical fish-out-of-water fantasy story to its giant open-world map full of repetitive, uh, repetitive optional tasks. Its combat is flashy and fun enough to entertain across its comparatively short RPG campaign, with fights that do a good job of pushing you to shake up your use of elemental powers, even when the overall variety of enemies isn't particularly impressive. Its parkour system is also satisfying enough, despite the scenery you are running through being about as picturesque as a bowl of rocks with an Instagram filter slapped on. There's a kind of person this might, that might be enough for. Happy to spend hours and hours uncovering every inch of Forspoken's needlessly large map after the main story. But that doesn't mean I was able to find much reason to do so once credits had rolled. Jordan Ramey, Ramey over at GameSpot gave it a 5 out of 10 and Ramey. said... Ramey, Jordan Ramey at GameSpot gave it a 5 out of 10 and said, Forspoken is a tricky game to recommend. The lore of its world is interesting, but delivered in a stilted, expositionary, expositionary uh, manner. And its freeing sensation of taking off across the landscape in a magically propelled sprint is sullied by the knowledge that there's nowhere to go or anything fun to do. Combat is visually impressive, but not at all not all that engaging, and the excellent sound design and catchy musical score are regularly undermined by unfunny quips from an unlikable protagonist. I enjoyed parts of it, but too often my fun was dragged to an unrewarding halt. 
Then, ladies and gentlemen, over on the new episode of PS I Love You XOXO, I gave it a two out of five, calling it bad. Barrett, please play the TikTok. When you want to talk about story, combat, open world, mission design, the list goes on. None of them are good. Damn. On that kind of funny review scale, there is no choice but to declare that this is a bad game and give it a two out of five. You know what is a better way to describe this game? It's not entertaining. It has all of these different pieces. Could easily be great. It could be cool. It could be interesting. But none of it in action is. Throughout this game, at no point was I sitting down and being like, I can't wait to play more. Forspoken. When you want to talk there about story, combat. A good open. loop. Good loop from Roger as well. It's a it's a major letdown. I don't think it's a surprise. I think that people have um had very little positive to say and a lot of negative to say about this game um since it not maybe not since its first debut, but like since everything's shown since. Yeah. And I was always holding out hope because I'm really into a lot of what's going on here. People saying that like it it the uh, it looks like a, a a thing of rocks with an Instagram filter. Like, I don't agree. I think this game's really beautiful looking. Oh, you, did you play it? I played the demo and I've seen you play, but yeah, that no. first seven hours are brown. Yeah, it is fucking brown, and it, and that was when I was playing it the way they wanted me to play it. Because after seven hours, I was like, you know what? I'm not challenged. I'm not enjoying the combat. Can I just run to every main objective? And I did. Just ran, sprinted past every fucking enemy in the game to beat this game in 15 hours. Yeah, and I was like. It gets green in the second area, at least. It gets green. There's some green in the second area. But uh, someone here, one of the two, I think it was Jordan, uh, brought up the the music being fun. Every time I walked by you playing it and like, hearing the music, I was like, oh, damn, there's there, it's inspired. Like There's some good stuff here. There's a lot of character here. But it's I it's, didn't even bring perhaps, it up in the review. I wanted to fucking turn off the music because it was just in the first area for seven hours, the repeating Assassin's Creed. Oh, ah, I'm like, oh, my God, get another track for this fucking open world. What are you doing? It's such a bummer to me that it doesn't add up, you know, and like seeing a lot of the, the, the writing and the dialogue where it's like out of context, in context, it's many people seem really not into it. Most of the time I saw stuff, I was like, I like this is different than games that we, we've seen. Like we normally don't get just, let's just go in. This is the type of uh, dialogue we're going to have and watching it. My, like, it goes too far. Like I, I've yeah. seen so many things. I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks. And I, I just, I wish that this came together differently because everything I've said so far is just about the style. It's about the character. Yeah. It's about the dialogue. It's about the music and the look and all that stuff that all of that I was interested in the particle particle effects every which way. I'm a fan of that type of shit. Sure. So cool. When I played the demo immediately, I was like, I don't like how this feels. And I playing through the whole thing, I tried to change the controls and stuff. And I was like, this isn't for me. And that bummed me out. And then I was like, you know what? Greg Miller is going to be my next test. If he's like, you know what? It's pretty damn good. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. But yeah, alas, here we are. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously a full fledged discussion on PS. I love you. XOXO. It'd mean a lot to me if you went and watched or listened to it. Uh, Andy's there. Janet hosts for us. Um, Andy played it as well, by the way, too. Uh, he's not just there. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a huge bummer because my hope coming in, especially off the middling demo impression, I was like, this is the, as I call it, dying light time period where it's like, you are the, the first big game that has expectations of the year, mm-hmm. which means that you can come out and be swimming in sevens and people have a lot of fun with you and play you and enjoy you. And like, it's a thing you do. And you know me and the type of game I'm drawn to. This is the type of game I'm drawn to. It is an open world action adventure where you have superpowers where you run like the flash fuck yeah are you kidding me that sounds awesome i'm all in and to get there and have none of it be enjoyable in like i it's funny you say some things that i'm like i you sound like me before i started actually playing it where i remember watching the trailers and like when the first cuff dialogue of course she has a you know a cuff that is sentient you talk to that only she can hear so there's conversation between the cuff 
when the first dialogue of that dropped in one of those trailers where it's like, what? I'm in another world? Yada, yada. And people are like, this fucking is cringe and I hate it. I was like, man, dude, give it a chance. I don't know. Like, it, yeah, I, maybe it'll work. And starting the game, the way it opens and gets you into the, this new world, I was like, you know what? This feels like a young adult movie. It is a fish out of water thing, but it feels like a, a teen movie, a, you know, a 12 year Percy Jackson. And, and exactly. And I'm not against that. I'm not above that. I'm like, I, I'm with you. Like, I, games should be every kind of experience. That We should explore that thing. I don't think we do that enough in games, right? Where it's either a kid's game or it's a fucking, you know, Last of Us fucking world game, right? Or even Uncharted, where it's a little bit more adult. I was like, cool, but 15 hours on the other side of it, it's like, no, like I, the dialogue isn't good. The conversations aren't engaging. She is an unlikable protagonist. I'm way more with the GameSpot review, obviously based on my score of a two out of five than I am with the IGN review from Tom where he's like giving a few things. The only, only thing I can say on the other side of it that I was like, no, it, like parkour is fun. It is fun to run around the world and you get a Spider-Man web sling kind of thing at one point where you can like, you know, yank yourself to things. It was like, okay, but like that, does not make a game. That does not make it something to jump into. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. And again, going back to the conversation we were just having about new IP, right? How hard it is yep. for, for a big new property yep. to get out there. This is a big Square Enix game coming yeah. out. That A game that, that went through the delays, that went through the process of a, a big AAA game. And yeah, you know, I think it's actually really important for us to point out Callisto Protocol and Forspoken. Two of the, the rare, bigger new IP coming out and just not meeting the mark that they need to to become franchises yeah. right so it's like it is this like, i'm not saying hey like buy these things support these or else you're not going to get more but there's a reality to that and then there's also the other side of like when you don't knock it out of the park with the new uh ip it, your future is you, you're, you're done i yeah. mean it's done it's like forespoken too i based on the based on the conversation going into this game now these reviews i highly doubt I it's going to sell well too. Right? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think yeah. so. Well, Which means yeah. no Forspoken 2. So it's like, again, not specifically talking about this brand, this IP, but it's like this is one of the multiple big examples of a new IP that we don't get all the time. When you yeah. look year to year about games at this level that aren't tied to something else, it's rough. Ignacio Rojas writes in, of course, like you can, to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD and points out he's writing this on Sunday night. Uh, so if this forespoken re review embargo lifts between the ignore this. But no, I don't think it's worth ignoring. What's up, Grim? How's it going? So Forspoken goes live tonight, and by the time of this recording, the embargo hasn't been lifted, which indicates Square Enix wants reviews to go live after the game releases. Does anyone else find this odd? Does Square usually do this? Because I can't remember it being the case. And Forspoken is one of the biggest releases of the year. Okay, Ignacio, come on. One of the biggest releases of the year so far, I'll give you, but not period. But I mean, I would say it is one of the biggest releases. Oh. There's a, there are many, 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 many releases this year, but it's on that list. We did a review for it. Let's put it that way, right? We it's always talk about. Yeah, it's the first one. That's why. Ah, right, whatever. Fine. Ignacio, there are a lot of other huge games coming out. I get where you're coming from. Uh, I gotta say, this couple of the reactions we've seen makes me indicate the game is in trouble. Well, as you can now see, the game is in trouble, and no, that happens all the time where people set weird embargoes for their things when they know it's not good, and that's the thing about this. Where again. I think Square knew this wasn't good, or at least wasn't going to review well. You know, mileage will vary. Obviously, there are so many people in my comments already defending this game. Yeah, ah, uh, you're fucking wrong. It's going to be great. It's, uh, also, it's, uh, I, I just want to point out, at least for the U.S., I don't know uh, where it's like in other time zones. The embargo did come out before the game is out because the game's not out, at least for the U.S., until tonight. I forget. Ignacio, yeah, where are you? Ignacio's told us before. I forget. Where are you? Where in the world is Ignacio Rojas? <laughs> Let us know, Ignacio. Chile uh, says Lakers head. Thank you very much. 
So yeah, it's out there. But again, that does happen all the time where again, the the argument there for why to do that, of course, is that you have pre-release code. So it's like, let's say I was like, I won't agree to that embargo. I want to review it at launch. They'd say, well, you're not getting a code then. And when the game launches, enjoy playing for 15 hours straight to got, try to get something up. It just doesn't work that way. But anyways, Forspoken from Greg Miller. And that was my Sad. thing. It's like, you know, I, it does me... I, I do not enjoy not li- enjoying a game. I don't I mean, enjoy, you played through it, Greg. I don't enjoy you, rolling you credits on something thing, I didn't man. like. Yeah, and again, it's not broken and horrible and like totally busted. It's just like, it's not a good game, which means on our scale, it's bad. Which I have a great conversation about our review score, which I really appreciate. So. Check it out. PS, I love you. XOXO. Number three on the Roper Report will come to you after I tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny you can get each and every episode of kind of funny games daily ad free you can get the ability to watch us record all of our podcasts live like the kind of funny podcast this afternoon which is a crossover with the next gen podcast <gasps> and of course you could get dozens of bonus episodes of content that are all exclusive to patreon.com slash kind of funny but guess what jack or jill you are not on patreon.com slash kind of funny so here's a word from our sponsor Yo, what's up? I'm Blessing, the host of Kind of Feudy, the show where I ask members of Kind of Funny to answer questions like, name a game where you can fight giant enemies. Name a type of animal you can play as in Diddy Kong Racing. Name a PlayStation character who you'd want on your pickup basketball team. (laughs) Name a game genre that Greg Miller refuses to play. Good Games is not on there, but it was written in quite a bit. And see how many audience members voted for that answer. And it usually makes them kind of mad. Red Faction is our 30 point answer. Oh yeah, baby. That is our fourth most popular answer. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I'm still waiting for Bless to be like, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, you guys are so bad at this game. Catch up on the latest episodes right now, exclusively on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can't see me. My time is now, now. Ladies and gentlemen, number three on the Roper Report, WWE 2K23 has been officially confirmed for a March release. This is Chris Scullion over at VGC. 2K has announced that WWE 2K23 will release for consoles and PC on March 17th, with those who purchase premium versions gaining access uh, three days earlier than March 14th. As previously leaked, the game will feature John Cena on the cover of all four versions. The Standard Edition, the Cross-Gen Edition, Deluxe Edition, and Icon Edition. All right, let's slow down. A lot of additions, baby. Let's slow down, 2K. (laughs) A pre-order bonus will also unlock the ability to play as global music star Bad Bunny. Notable modes include a new 2K showcase featuring John Cena and the War Games event. According to 2K, the showcase mode will span 20 years of John Cena's career and will be narrated by Cena himself. The War Games mode, the War Games mode, meanwhile, will offer 3v3 and 4v4 matches in the unique War Games structure, consisting of two rings side by side inside a steel cage. It's dope as fuck. Other new features will include online multiplayer in My Faction, woo, and an enhanced My GM mode with new show options and new GMs to choose from. Uh, I read the press release myself, obviously, because I'm a fan. Uh, they, the, you can also create your own GM now too. Oh, so there's some stuff happening there, Tim. That's cool. You and I were big fans of WWE 2K22. You more so than me. Yeah, uh, I was a fan, very specifically, of one mode though, and the it was Mysterio the Rey Mysterio thing. And you're telling me you're about to do that for John Cena? Yeah. Very, very excited about that. There was so much love and care put into the the Ray mode of all the behind the scenes footage, using the actual match footage with the the game you're playing and playing through some of the bigger moments. Now, John Cena, his time is now. His time was my time. Right. Yeah. I got into wrestling on the later. It was post Attitude Era, all that stuff, because my brother got super into it in the the John Cena era. Like I I was there through the rise until today of 
you know, liking Cena as a mid-carder a lot. Yeah. And then once Ruthless he started getting aggression. too much power, it's like, oh, no, no, we don't like you. You don't. Why are you always winning? Ah, eh, you're so boring. Eh, you only have three moves. I hate you, John Cena. John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. And all of a sudden, you know what? I actually love John Cena. John Cena is one of the greatest of all time. And now here we are. He pushed through. Yeah. He did the thing that so few people have done. And we've seen Roman Reigns at this point do it, mm. right? Um, I do think that it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to see, like, real, true superstars be made and sure. like cena is obviously um one of them um so to see him get this type of mode and focus i'm very excited for that that this is a guarantee that i'm going to give that a, a playthrough yeah showcase mode for ray was awesome so you really do hope that yeah they come out and deliver on this one as well as you pointed out uh you know r- reviews were positive for 2k22 but i really did adore it it was on my top 10 list uh for the year and it's the first wrestling game that I've connected with that way since like, you know, I'm talking and I reviewed a whole bunch of IGN, but I played for fun long after review since, you know, SmackDown PS2 titles kind of thing where I was like all in. I really, really had a great time with it. And so I myself am torn a bit on this where I am, of course, excited for new stuff. Having war games. Great. The John Cena mode. Great. Uh, You know, some uh, additions to GM. Great. But the concern, of course, is that where 2K faltered in the past was annualizing the game. Yes. And then, of course, you know the developers leaving and them trying to force one out and yada, yada, yada. But 2K22 was, hey, we took a year off. Here's what we got. Okay, cool. This is a great base. We're going to build from this. I love that. To immediately have one a year later is always that... Okay, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm i going to do a blessing show slash, you know, kind of funny special presentation where I have my pitch for what, you know, WWE and 2K should do with WWE wrestling games. This isn't it. And so this makes me trepidatious of, are we going to get, like, an incremental update grade? You know, um, I, we just did over on PS I Love You vs. XCast, our fantasy critic. And I went and I was like, what, is, what was the open critic for this? And it was, you know, high 70s. I want to say, like, 79 for 2K22. And I was like... I'm not going to gamble on 2K23 because I think it is going to be the whole thing of like, it's a small little fire where people are like, oh man, this is really good. But you put out a game, it's like, it's a roster update. And they did this, they did that, but it's still the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm of course excited as a wrestling game fan, as a WWE fan, as a WWE superstar. Hey, watch this is awesome, of course. Uh, What? Yeah, the most recent episode is still the best wrestling games of all time. Um, I'm excited and I'm interested, but I'm trepidatious. I want to see it. I want to play it. I want to know. Good place to be, but uh, yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I think that it being annualized, and it's, it's scary. You know, in the same way we were talking about earlier, we have reason to be worried about Suicide Squad. We have reason to be worried about this. But like you said, 2K 2022 was the best that we've had in a long time. So if this is uh, just a growth of that, I think we're in a better place than yeah. starting from a bad place of something like 2016 that we had a couple of years ago. Sure. Uh, I went by too fast. Somebody asked, will the roster be up to date? Absolutely not. Absolutely, absolutely oh, yeah. not. No, there hasn't been a WWE it. game with an update. Uh, like it's just that's video <laughs> games. You get the people in the fucking thing, and you take their photo, and then guess what? They get released, and everything goes to hell. Yeah. But Cody Rhodes oh, it was confirmed. I think. Uh, let me go over here to the press release. I'm gonna put out a hot take here, Greg. Yeah. There. Hold on. Uh, fans can also look forward to a deep roster of WWE superstars and legends, including Roman Reigns, American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and more. Sorry, Phil. I always uh, I try to be honest with everybody, and you know we're we're humans. We have thoughts and opinions, and they can change and grow over time. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. I like to keep people as up to date on where I stand on things as possible. Sure. Uh, in 2005, John Cena and the trademark THA trademark his cousin um, released a rap album. Sure. All right. And when that happened, I rocked for it so hard. 
I was like, this is this album's actually incredible. Y'all are sleeping. People yeah. think that John Cena is just a meme. No, this is a great album. It's fantastic. And I rocked for that. You know, had something to prove. It was like the gamer.com, Barrett. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. I had something to prove. All right. And um, over time, I was like, you know, maybe I don't stand by it that much. I re-listened to it fairly recently. Yeah. And I, I, I can admit, it's not the greatest thing of all time. But I stand by. The album's a fucking banger. It's good. It's damn good. Wow. It has more good songs than bad songs. And it has a couple fantastic songs. Blessing so go check in the it chat out. says that John Thank Cena you. album is fire. Wow. Thank you, Blessing. It fucking is. Some of the features they have on that shit, incredible. And if you haven't, here's the one thing I'm going to tell everybody. Go listen to the Murs. Hustle remix. Fantastic song featuring John Cena. You know what? I'll, I will have a similar thing. Do you remember WrestleMania, the album? I do. I remember. I'll never. There's, one, there's a few moments in your life where you realize, uh oh, I'm, I'm a dork. It's when my friends came over, or like my friend Eric came over, and I was like, oh, I got the new WrestleMania album. Do you want to listen to it? And he's like, sure. I'm like, what song do you want to hear? And it's got all the superstars on it. And he's like, oh, I always like, you know, uh, Bret Hart's entrance music. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't their entrance singing. music. It's them singing. And he was like, <laughs> What? And I was like, nah, you're wrong. It's it's great. It was not great. It was not a good album. You know what I mean? Hacksaw Jim Duggan, that was a banger. The WrestleMania song, they still play every so often. That was a banger. Yep. But Macho Man Randy Savage, speaking from the heart, that wasn't a great song. Number four on the Roper Report. Uh, 343 Industries will continue to develop Halo now and in the future. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN.com. Admitst rumors that 343 Industries has been taken off of lead development of the Halo franchise, the studio has taken to Twitter to state that it will continue to, quote, develop Halo now and in the future, end quote. 343's Industries studio head, uh, Pierre Heinz, uh, shared the message on Twitter saying, Halo and Master Chief are here to stay. 343 Industries will continue to develop Halo now and in the future, including epic stories, multiplayer, and more of what makes Halo great, end quote. The news follows massive layoffs of 10,000 people at Microsoft, which saw a number of employees at Xbox Game Studios, The Coalition, 343 Industries, and Bethesda let go. Shortly after, Halo Infinite developer, uh, I'm sorry, director Joseph Staten reportedly left 34 Industries uh, to rejoin Xbox Publishing. Rumors then started swirling that 343 Industries would be taken off lead development of the Halo franchise and would instead help third-party studios bring Halo to life in the form of new games. As reported by Metro, one such leaker named Bathrobe Spartan even... <laughs> yep, yep, we... Oh, yeah, we have, breaking news. we have breaking news from Bathrobe Spartan even said that initial plans for the story-based DLC for Halo Infinite have been canceled already. In response to the rumors, 343 Industries has planted its flag and said it's here to stay. Greg, yeah. when I was eight years old, my mom came home on a Friday night do you want to go to Blockbuster? And I was like, yes. Yeah. So we did. She rented this movie called Titanic. All right? There was two VHSs that wow. we had to watch. All yeah. right? And I put it in because I was the tech guy. And it starts up. And before the movie played, there was a, the THX thing. Right? Yeah, New yeah. technology was one of the first movies to do that. And there was that sound. It goes, and it rises up. And uh, we had the TV loud enough that as it rose up, I was like scared of how loud it was going to get. And I said out loud, oh, shit. And it was the first time I ever swore in front of my mom. And she looked at me and she was like, "Your mom's super chill." Yeah. No, well, I mean, she was like, "What? No, don't say that." Yeah, what are you doing? And I was like, "You're right, my bad." All right, start watching that movie. That was moment number one of like Titanic. Hey, Winslow pops my a life. titty out. You're like, "Oh shit!" That was moment number two. All right, that stuck with me forever. Changed my life forever. Yeah. There was a third moment, a moment that terrifies me to this day. That there's just a visual of it that it just sits with me. 
and it's when the captain walks into uh, the little room grabs and there's just yeah. water the, the windows all around and yeah. you see all the water and then eventually it just busts in and takes him over i've had nightmares about that i've thought about that so much that's what the statement is right now they're they're in the they're holding they're clutching them, the wheel and the water's like, up i'm going we're doing it this is ours and we're doing it and and I, I hate to be so negative about this, but this is where we're at when it comes to the coverage of video games uh, in the social state of the world, where there's a team working their ass off to make something happen that they believe in from a franchise that they love, clearly, and are trying their damn best. Then there's leakers out there saying some things that may be true. Sometimes it's leaks. Sometimes it's straight up rumor mongering. Sometimes it's just lies for engagement for all that stuff. Then they're forced to now deal with it. And they're forced to say things not how they want to say them, but how their hands are forced to say them. And it just creates a situation that is bad for everybody. And here we are propagating it. Here we are talking about it multiple days in a row on the show. But that's what we do here. We we want to be a granular show. We got to talk about it. We we talk about it all. There is such a conversation to be had about should 343 still be in charge of Halo? There's the other side of it. It's like, well, their sole purpose is Halo. So if not that, then what? I don't know, Greg. This puts us in a really, really complicated space. But I, mean, I it's also hope the, Halo is good again at some points. Great again. Not just good. It's also, I think that it, it must be. It's also yeah. the typical video game uh, fan thing of where if we want to really read the quote, <laughs> right? Like, Halo and Master Chief are here to stay, period. Yeah, we didn't think they were getting canceled. Uh-huh. 343 Industries will continue to develop Halo now and in the future. Well, yeah, the, the rumor wasn't that you weren't doing that. It was... <laughs> The rumor, the rumor, the rumor was that three, four industry would be taken off lead development of the Halo franchise when it said help third party studios bring Halo to life. Yeah, so, so it's like, huh? Well, I mean, you that both can be true. We are interesting times, Greg. I don't know how many times you can say it, but especially when you when you look at Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft from the beginning of this gen, they've been in the most different lanes than they've ever been. Yeah, and as we go further and further down those lanes, certain things are true. Sony's continuing to kill it with the first-party titles that they've promised and they deliver. Nintendo, they go Nintendo. Weird, weird Nintendo decisions left and right, but they bring the heat when they need to bring the heat. Yeah, it is what it is. On the Xbox side of things, they continue to line up the dominoes. They're continuing to line up the dominoes, but I think that we're at a point now that is different than before. Yeah, that some of their, their the what in dominoes? You know how there's the the bigger domino. No, I'm thinking about marbles. There's the bigger marble. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? The shooter or whatever. The shooter, yeah, yeah. right? I thought you were going to talk about pogs and a slammer for a there's second. There's the slammer. Same, same, same <laughs> I guess dominoes don't have that, but you get what I'm saying, right? There, there's the, the fucking slammer, all right? They wasted some of their slammers with, with Halo coming out, and it just, yeah. like, not being what it needed to be to start this beautiful, beautiful domino thing that's going to make an amazing shape in a viral TikTok. Um, and I think that at some point we got to look at this and be like, right, so what is the plan at Xbox from the top level? Right yeah. of them looking at the teams, the management of these teams to to get these these projects um, out to hit the critical uh, reception that they need to, both from the critic side but from the player side. More importantly, yep. And um, losing Halo or like having Halo, this being the conversation around Halo, we kept saying in the Halo Infinite has to be great. Halo Infinite has to be great, and Halo Infinite was not great. And the problem was there. It, it's a great game. There's a great game there. There's just so many things about it that aren't and. That can't be the case for Halo. Yeah. So. A lot of questions yeah. about Halo. We'll continue to chase it and see what happens. Uh, number five and final on the Roper Report for your Monday. Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty expansion costs more to make than The Witcher 3's DLC. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN.com. 
CD Projekt Red allocated more budget to Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty expansion than any previous DLC, meaning it costs more to make than The Witcher 3's hefty button wine expansion. As reported by Polish outlet Parquet and spotted by Eurogamer, CD Projekt Red confirmed Phantom Liberty to have the biggest budget ever allocated to one of its DLCs. Though this was originally interpreted to mean uh, the biggest ever DLC, uh, there is an important distinction to make between the budget and the size of the content, and Idris Elba joining the cast will likely have led to an increase in cost. Clarifying the difference on Reddit, uh, the community director, uh, Marcin Morton, uh, said this, quote, is about the biggest budget we, um, the, let me try again, is about the biggest budget when it comes to expansion packs we've released, end quote. And that CD Projekt Red, quote, will be talking more about the game's scope related details in the future, end quote. That being said, The Witcher 3's Blood and Wine expansion added around 40 hours of gameplay to the already massive RPG, including around 15 hours of main story quests set amid a whole new region. Given that Phantom Liberty is the only major expansion coming to Cyberpunk 2077, fans are certainly expecting something of the same depth. Phantom Liberty is expected to launch sometime in 2023 on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, and PC, though CD Projekt Red hasn't mentioned any specific release date or price. I think it's going to be good. It has to be. We're back to the Halo Infinite conversation. But I I think that it's going to be. Like, I I do think that the the money they're putting into this, the time and effort, I think it's going to pay off. Like, we've covered this story as it's been growing over the last couple years about what CD Projekt Red's been doing to fix the many, many issues Cyberpunk had when sure. it first came out. And uh, we, a couple months ago, Bless and I were talking about how the like this it won an award from Steam for like communities being happy with changes being made. Like that's community focused. Like that's coming from the audience. So it's like, it sounds like they're getting things right from the, the core side of things for the original game. And if they can just add to that and they just put out this expansion that is going to be awesome and bigger than one of their biggest hits ever. Like if they're t- like, talking about the uh, um witcher 3 wild hunt that people loved wild hunt right yeah. so it's like taking the idea of phantom liberty dope ass name already so it's like i think that this can kind of almost stand alone being a, a relaunch for the game or more so for the brand of cyberpunk and for cyberpunk as uh as an ip everybody's always talking about uh i i forget one of the shows last week it, it almost made uh, the show of talking of course about uh cyberpunk and has it already had its no man's sky moment and it hasn't. When edge runners happened and people came back and cyberpunk numbers spiked, there was the, oh man, the game plays a lot better and it's back closer to whatever. Like, blah, blah. This would be the moment. If this comes out and this is like, holy shit, what a great expansion. This is a 9 out of 10, maybe even higher. People are really into it. And there's this giant RPG that you've only ever heard shit about, but is actually fun to play. And they've ironed out a bunch of things and yada, yada, yada. This could be the No Man's Sky moment of like, cool, it's been a long journey, but we've gotten to where cyberpunk is a great game. Yeah. You don't yeah. buy it. You don't buy it. I no, it's not, that I don't, it's not that I don't buy it. I, I just kind of feel like it's already had its No Man's Sky moment. I feel like No Man's Sky is, it It hit for the people it's going to hit for. I think Cyberpunk, because it's CD Projekt Red and because it's Cyberpunk, yeah. it has the potential to hit on such a higher level, a more mainstream gamer level than No Man's Sky even fixing the problems. Where I feel like No Man's Sky started off as this like fork in the road of like, if it nailed it as a game. Its audience was either going to be small because it's just it already is kind of a, a niche idea, right? Or it was gonna be like, yo, this is one of the best games ever. You gotta play it, and then all of a sudden it becomes like one of the the main things we think about when we think about video games. Sure. 
I think Cyberpunk is on that level. So I do think that it's like them getting this right. If they do have that turnaround of how bad the first one was, the launch was. I mean, um, to turning that around to now putting the second one out and it being kind of what everybody expected, I think already it has a bigger moment than, than No Man's Sky is even capable of. Okay. Because I mean, I think look looking at sales numbers, like I'd be willing to bet that the Edge Runner's boost of Cyberpunk, um, in addition to all the changes they made to Cyberpunk over the last two years or so has resulted in higher sales than No Man's Sky, period. Like, No Man's Sky, since its launch, it mean. having its, like, the beyond releases and all that stuff. So it's like... I guess I think I'm we're talking more in scale. the pool of public sentiment, where I, how we talk about it. Yeah, where I think yeah, yeah. you talk about Cyberpunk, and it's not like, it's a good game now. It still is the, oof, man, what, we, what a journey to get it. We'll see what this... They, they promised more DLC, but they just said... Or two DLCs, but they're only giving us, like... I think we need to get to... This is the end of Cyberpunk. We have a complete package of what this game is to then be like... All right, cool. It did what it or it got to where it needed to be, or it didn't get where it needed to be. Yeah, but we won't I'm know until Phantom. Liberty I think it's comes gonna. Out. I think they're gonna hit it. Well, Phantom Liberty is coming apparently sometime this year, but no, God only knows when. Tim, if I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah, out today. Absolutely fucking nothing. Wow. Enjoy that one. Put a, you know, enjoy it. Get ready for, for Spoken Tomorrow, I guess. New dates. Uh, Voltaire, the vegan vampire, comes to Super <laughs> Early Access for PC on Monday, February 27th. Life is Strange 2 comes to Switch on February 2nd. Trackmania is coming to Steam February 2nd. And Dark Pictures Switchback VR, one of my most anticipated PlayStation VR 2 games, has been delayed to March 16th. Is that a semi-rush of blood? Yep. Really? 100% that is exactly, it's, it's, oh, that's a bummer. What? That it's delayed? Oh, well, yeah, but not bad. Like, you know, not even a full month out of release date. Yeah, I guess that's cool. Give, give you something to do after the, the <laughs> You're going to be so busy with Horizon, Call of the Mountain, with uh, Tetris Effect again. Got connected. And uh, Job Simulator again. It'll be Beat Saber like eventually. eventually. Beat Saber again eventually. You're going to have to play PlayStation VR 2. Don't worry about it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. We've already covered kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you put in everything there when we screwed up as we screwed up live. Uh, we've told you to write in, of course, to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. And, of course, I will remind you one more time that this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week down a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, of course, be part of the show, kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. Support the show, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, as you know, uh, it, 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 it isn't cheap to make content on the internet, and you might see a whole bunch of other people having to deal with that all the time and things not going well for them. But we don't have things go bad for us because you support us on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. So if you enjoy what we do here, please consider going over there and kicking us a few bucks to get every show ad-free, <laughs> to get dozens of exclusive episodes of content each and every month, including daily Gregways. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you can watch us record all the podcasts live for free, ad free on their patreon.com slash kind of funny. Of course, kind of funny podcast this afternoon. Uh, I digress. Uh, kind of funny games daily, of course, is free to you if you want to watch ads. YouTube.com slash kind of funny or games. And of course, uh, podcast services around the globe. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be Tim and Blessing. Wednesday it's going to be me and Blessing. Thursday it'll be Blessing and Tim. Friday it'll be Tim and Blessing. If you are watching us live right now on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games or later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Right now, we're going to transition over to see the one, the only, James Burke, try to be the, I'm going to say the. The, number one. Number one, Last of Us, part one, speed run. Yeah. I'm very excited. Just my friend playing a video game, and he thinks he can do it. So we're I gonna think he can do it, too. And we're going to try. I believe in you, James Burke. We're going Burke. for number one, baby. Woo! Yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.